So tonight, last week, like I said, we went over um, land. We went over kind of the 17 historical books and then the, what is it, six, uh, if my memory's correct, six or seven um, poetic books and then the 17 prophetic books. Was it five? five? Okay, well, you got it. So we, so we kind of went over the three different kinds of books that are in the Bible and knowing what kind is important for us to learn um, and to be able to move forward on. Uh, secondly, we went over geography, where everything was, uh, to understand that the Dead Sea uh, goes, I think, like 38 miles to the coast. Uh, I mean, not uh, from the Sea of Galilee to, to the ocean was like 38 miles and it was 56 or 68 miles from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea. So kind of learning geography and where everything was, we went over that, and, and that's in that extra material that we have. Um, for you guys that are online, we can always uh, pick up some uh, Sunday at church. We'll have some there uh, for you guys. Um, so we kind of hit the overview, and tonight we're going to jump into Genesis. Uh, God begins his book by telling us a story, the story of, of his people. Uh, we want every little detail, and as you read the book of Genesis, you are not going to get every little detail. <laughs> it leaves so much out. Just on the days of creation, that would fill volumes that would overfill the earth and that we would not understand when it came to creation. He's trying to tell a story, and that's what, uh, that's what matters. The purpose of Genesis is to recount, uh, recount how, how and why God came to choose Abram and his family and make a covenant with them, and how that relates to us. So the word Genesis comes from the Greek word mean, meaning origin or beginning. And the, Hebrew, uh, the Hebrews call this book uh, Bersheth, meaning uh, beginning. And it records the beginning of the sun, the moon, the earth, uh, the stars, the planets, human life, animal life, planet life, all, all life. It also shows the beginning of marriage, Family, nations, culture, language, government. It's the beginning of everything, including life. It's also the beginning of death uh, because of the beginning of sin. And this sets into motion God's plan for redemption for us. The major theme of this book of Genesis is redemption. I mean, there's other major themes uh, there that are in this, but really redemption is the main focus. Now, one of the reasons uh, many people refute Genesis, they want to get rid of this book because the whole basis of all our beliefs, our foundation relies right here and they want to throw it out the window because if they can rock our foundation, if they can get rid of our foundation, then what, what else is there left? Then everything that we believe falls apart. So if they can get rid of creation, if they can get rid of you know, God being the only God, you know, in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was God, okay? So if you can get rid of that, in fact, uh, it says, uh, well, I had some pictures from last week. Let me get to those. I forgot about this. Um, again, we, we kind of hit the timeline, uh, timeline last week. So Job is written at the same time as Genesis, so that kind of gives you an idea of where Job is in that, and I did not make copies of this, and I will eventually I don't want to say next week because I'll probably forget. Eventually, I'll get you copies of all of this as Sarah takes a picture of it because she knows she can't rely on me. I see how it is. I'm just, I'm joking. 
I'm joking, Sarah. And again, this was the large area. Abraham came from Ur, went up to Haran, and went down. And again, this is desert area, so the, the travel area was up and around. And uh, again, here was the land, the Sea of Galilee being close to the ocean, close to down, uh, down here. Jerusalem's always at the top of the uh, Dead Sea and so forth. The major route, you, you see these lines right here? That's the major route to go down to Egypt. That's the route that everybody would, uh, that everybody, when I say everybody, everybody in all the other countries that were around, that's the route. This is where Megiddo is. This is uh, Armageddon, Har Megiddo as they call it, okay? So that valley is where the end battle is going to take, and it's, uh, it's the travel route. So, Oh, and uh, I threw in this. Uh, this is a picture of the well. Uh, they call it the well of Abraham. It's one of the wells that, that Abram uh, would have went to down in southern Israel, down in Beersheba. And that well is still around today, and it's still used today by the nomads and so forth. It's gone through several different uh, iterations of how it's built around and stuff, but that's the same exact well. And the, the tree is not in bloom right now, but that's a, a tamarisk. Uh, tree and um, that has uh, uh, I'll look it up and uh, it has some cool meanings and stuff like that that goes with that so that gets us back to what I was going to talk about in Psalms 11 uh, 3 uh, when the foundations are being destroyed what can the righteous do and the foundation of everything we believe starts in the book of Genesis especially Genesis uh, 1 through 11 those chapters it can be divided into two main sections, the human race and the chosen race, okay? The human race is just the beginning of mankind. The chosen race is where God chooses one family, only because that man was a righteous man, and he believed in the one God, and he followed that God, and God says, I choose you to represent me. He was a righteous man because he believed in God, not because he was perfect. He made many mistakes along the way especially when it came to trying to give his wife away so he wouldn't be killed, um, which did not turn out well. And then other things that, uh, that he did. Um, so, uh, so the first uh, chapters is the human race. It covers the creation, the fall, the flood. Um, what else? Let's see, the Tower of Babel. So it's an overview of man, man arriving, man sinning, um, God trying to correct that sin, flooding the earth, and then going into the Tower of Babel where nations are, are um, in a sense, built out of that because he divided everybody up, he confused the language. And then starting in chapter 12 through 50, God begins to focus on the chosen race, and that is through Abram. And four main uh, characters are the foundation of our faith. You have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. Now, the big saying is, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, I like to, I like to throw in Joseph because he was so key to, to so many things there. But like I, like I said earlier, it's the beginning of death also through the sin of Adam and Eve. We like to blame it on the woman, but uh, they were both involved uh, in this process. Uh, but it began the redemption all the way to the second Adam. And the second Adam is Jesus Christ. Paul says this. In uh, Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way 
death came to all people because all sinned. And then verse 17, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundance provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through one man, Jesus Christ? So the first Adam totally blew it. The last Adam, Christ, redeemed us. He fixed all the mess and he redeemed us and he righted all the wrongs. And God sees us as perfection. Now, when you look in the mirror, do you see perfection? No, I look at a guy that needs to lose a few pounds. I don't see perfection. God sees me completely different. And, and one of these days, we're going to receive our new bodies in heaven. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm hoping I'm skinny at that point. I don't know. We'll be perfected. We'll be clean inward and outward, you know. But what a day that will be to live in a place where there is no sin. Because we'll be with God and sin is not allowed near God. So that'll be an awesome time. So from the beginning of Genesis, it took 4,000 years for the Redeemer to come. And the plan began with, for the birth of Christ. He began implementing that plan with Adam. Uh, so a descendant, or uh, well, actually with Abram. Uh, I mean, the plan started with Adam, but, but it really took root in Abram. So a descendant of his people, the Messiah, would be able to come. So after the first uh, 11 chapters, the creation, the fall, the flood, and the confounding of language, people were scattered everywhere. And thus began nations and, and cultures. And he called a man named Abram to separate himself. A lot of times we'll say Abram, we mean Abraham. A lot of times say Abraham, we're talking about Abram. You know, depending on what chapters of the book you're, you're reading. But uh, he, he called him to separate himself and follow God. And he stepped out in faith and did that. And the second section begins after the confusion of the world. God focuses on the descendants of Abraham, a divine, uh, a divine grace to a fallen world in which he promised a Messiah that would come. And along the journey, you know, <laughs> this journey before the Messiah was going to come, God chose a forerunner to come. And that forerunner was Moses, a deliverer. He foreshadowed what would happen to mankind by delivering Israel into Egypt's hand and then through Moses was delivered. And Moses is a type of Christ. And I'm getting ahead of myself kind of into, into um, Exodus. But among Jewish scholars, they all agree that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, Torah. Now, um, there are some, uh, and again, we talked about this last last week when i when i use the word liberal when we're talking about bible we're not talking about politics liberal and conservative we're talking about conservative holding to the text or liberals who think the text is a little more fluid if you want to call it that there are some uh, liberal scholars that contribute uh, these books to four different sources they call it the jepd um, and if you want to go into all that you can that Moses was only involved in writing from the Exodus through Deuteronomy. And Genesis is a compilation written by multiple people. Um, and then Moses came on the scene. And, you know, but really, I believe, and most conservative scholars would believe, that it was passed down from family to family, these stories and what was happening. 
And the Jew, I mean, back then they would memorize stuff a lot better than we do. We just ask, you know, Alexa and she lit up and, you know, and we just ask that way. And uh, and half the time she doesn't understand, you know, but uh, back then they would memorize stuff. And these stories eventually came into possession of Noah and he kept them safe to the flood. And the family added 11 different generations and Moses received them and compiled them into the book of Genesis through the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, one big debate for the liberal scholars is it started many years ago and now has become a bigger issue for conservative scholars in this. Can we really take the book of Genesis literally? That's one of the big debates, especially the first three chapters. For centuries, there was a debate, was Adam and Eve actually real people? Does the devil really exist? Does the Garden of Eden exist? Liberal scholars would say, no, they don't. It's all allegory. It's all stories used to explain evil in this world. So therefore, you can't take it literal that, that Adam and you know, the story of Adam and Eve and Satan and Noah and the flood. These are all myths and fables, uh, they would say, designed to teach like a spiritual truth. But they're not historical records. Fortunately, Jesus comes to the rescue for us, okay? Jesus took all of these historical facts and taught them as facts. He talked about the creation of God. He didn't talk about a big thing, okay? He mentioned Adam by name, Eve by name, Noah by name, as if they were historical figures. The skeptics would say, well, just because he called them by name, it doesn't mean that they weren't allegory. But the problem is this, Jesus taught by using allegory all the time. And he usually would say, there once was a man, you know, go, goes into his pastor voice or whatever. And, and, you know, some, oh, there's this one person and whatever. But there was times when he used that. But then there was other times when he would say the name. And that is, um, that is what is important. That he would say this person, that person. And he actually taught using their names. And you could tell the difference to when it was allegory or when he's telling a parable or a story and when he was talking history or teaching names. Uh, we use historical things, uh, or when he used historical things, he used names. As a Christian, we believe all of it to be true, every bit of it. In Luke 17, it says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. People are eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage so, uh, up to the day Noah entered the ark, then the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus believed the flood was literal. It wasn't just a little story. And every time people say, oh, well, this town, we can't even find it. <laughs> you know what they said was there in 1950 and stuff that, that wasn't there compared to now? Since the 50s, we have found so much when it comes to archaeological digs and everything else. They even said, oh, this pool, we can't even find this pool. You know, this pool that they said it was there in New Testament times, you know, like uh, the pool of Shalom and the, uh, the other pool, I can't think of the name of it. They said, oh, that doesn't even exist. Well, while we were in Israel, they were finding that pool, you know, in 2008. I want to go back because I want to see it all dug out. I want to be able to go visit where that was and stuff. Um, so almost every time they say, oh, this isn't there, this proves the Bible's not true. 
then they find archaeological evidence of its truth. So going back to Adam again, if Adam was not a real person, what was he doing in the genealogy of Christ? If we can't believe Genesis 1 through 3, and we can't believe, uh, and, and then we put that name into Christ's um, lineage, then we can't believe Christ's lineage. You see my point? So we have to believe the foundation to be able to believe everything else. Like we see Paul talking about Adam, that death came in the world from Adam. So if Adam wasn't real, then death didn't come into the world, and therefore we wouldn't need a Redeemer. You see how it stacks up? We can't build on a, on a terrible foundation. We've got to build on a solid foundation. The bottom line is this. The book of Genesis is history, not allegory. So when the Bible does, not, uh, or does have allegory in it, God, and God certainly used allegory a lot of different places in the Bible, Genesis was not one of those books that he used allegory in. Now, here's another interesting thing to be aware of. Everything lost in Genesis is gained back in Revelations. From Genesis to Revelations. Paradise is lost in Genesis. In Revelations, we get it back. Let me go here. We see the first heaven and earth in Genesis. In Revelations, we see a new heaven and a new earth. We see the first tree, the, the first garden and the tree of life, and it's guarded. In Revelations, there's going to be a new garden with a new tree of life that's going to be available. In Genesis, we see the first marriage. In Revelations, we see the last marriage of the Lamb. In Genesis, Satan tempts us to sin. In Revelation, Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. And then you keep going on, and then uh, death enters the scene in Genesis. In Revelation, after that, there's going to be no more death. In Genesis, Babylon is built. That's the mother of all false religions, as we're talking about on Sundays. In Revelations, Babylon is going to be destroyed. In Genesis, the Redeemer is promised... In Revelation, the Redeemer is raised. He is there for us. Everything that man messes up in Genesis, the Redeemer puts right in Revelations. So we see the continuality of, of the Bible all the way through. The culmination of the new Jerusalem, and no more tears, no more sorrows, no more death. So in Genesis 1 through 11, you have creation. Man created in the image of God. Genesis 1 and 2. In the, then you have the fall of man where sin entered the world in Genesis 3. And then you have the flood, the judgment, and the sin in Genesis 6 through 10. And then you have the tower, in the beginning of all the nations in Genesis 11. And then we go on to the second section, what we call the patriarchal uh, society, uh, or the patriarch era, uh, where you have Abraham, the father of the Hebrew people in Genesis 12 through 23. It's that beginning of that story. God's focus turns toward the redemption of man through representative of a family that should represent God in a great way. Sometimes they represented God well. Sometimes they did a terrible job at it. But promised 
uh, we see the promised Abraham. He, he promised Abraham land. He promised him children, and he promised him blessing. And he has two sons. One was a blessing from God, and one was a curse because of Abraham's decision. We have Isaac and Ishmael and the, all the problems that that came. So second uh, part, we have Isaac, the, uh, you know, the second father of the, of the promise. So Genesis 27 through 35. And, wit- and uh, Isaac witnesses several miracles. God confirms his promise to Isaac uh, that he made for, uh, you know, to Abram. He confirms that with Isaac. Isaac lives in the land of Abraham and he's prosperous, and he dies in old age. He has two sons, Esau and Jacob. And then you have Jacob, number three, the father of the nations of Israel, and that's Genesis 27 through 35. Jacob begins life as a deceiver. He meets Jesus, the angel, okay, and that's where we believe one of the uh, representations of Christ here on earth uh, before he was actually born here. Um, uh, and he comes down and wrestles with him and changes his name. And he meets Jesus, changes his ways. He has 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel. Then you have Joseph, the last part of Genesis 37 through 50. Most of Jacob's sons do not really follow God. They sell Joseph into slavery, uh, threw him down in a well, which is kind of fun for the little, for the little one, you know. Uh, any young ones here? Any, any of the last born here other than Grayson? So you're the last born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get the brunt of it all, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Joseph rises to become the great leader in Egypt, and we actually see um, people are like, oh, there's no way a foreigner, that they would allow a foreigner to, to rise up like that. We actually have a coffin uncovered of another foreigner that rose up in in egypt also that he actually got buried in a coffin that was you know written all over and all that um and it wasn't joseph i'm not trying to equate the two okay but i'm saying we see that we've seen that in other areas in egypt where that has actually happened rose in egyptian society so you can't say it didn't happen or you can't say it couldn't happen um, so we see Joseph rise up in that famine hits and his family comes and they meet up and you know kind of that whole story. So we don't need to go over it. He saves the nation of Israel. They stay in Egypt for 400 years until God hears their call for deliverance. So what is the overall picture of Genesis? You have the fall of man. You have, well, you have the creation, then the fall of man. And then all the stuff that that entails, the, the sin and where that leads all the way to the point where God is just so frustrated, he destroys everybody to, to kind of start over except for Noah and, and a few there. And then he starts over and he says, I can't do this again. I cannot destroy my creation again like this. So he makes a promise uh, with the rainbow, right? We all understand that. So the point is redemption here. God's, God is a God of second chances. So then he starts with the family Abram, and that family goes on to represent God from this point forward. So it's the story of those things that are happening, the point that he's trying to make with Genesis of how some people, when they follow God, God's blessing goes with them. When they go away from God, God's <laughs> discipline follows them. 
Okay, and there's a lot of nuances. In fact, we taught through Genesis. Uh, I don't know if it was a little over a year, uh, and all that is online if you want to listen to parts of it at all. But um, the point is, the book is trying to tell God's story, and it begins with that. If we try to get down into the nitty gritty to the point of going, well, why isn't this in the Bible? Why isn't this part? I want to know about this. That wasn't God's point. Wasn't his reason for writing the book of Genesis or having others, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit to, you know, write down uh, this like Moses did. So what is the purpose of the book? Redemption and God's promise flowing through. The continuation of the promise from Abram when he becomes Abraham You know, we have the covenant, the the major covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, where God says, I will bless those who bless you. You follow me all the days of your life. You know, I'll give you land. I'll give you this. I'll give you children. Uh, The blessing will will go from henceforth. And God cuts up the animals. It was customary at the time. And they would put the two halves out and you would walk through it. But Abram doesn't walk through it. Only God walks through it because God knew that Abraham would never be able to follow through on his end of things. But God still walks through it and makes a promise. And he kept to the promise. The blessings get handed down from family member to family member. Uh, family member and it eventually leads to Christ, the Redeemer. Um, so, uh, yes, sir. Is that why they became the chosen people? They became the chosen people, well, when, when he had children. Uh, Abram was the chosen man, and then he wanted to have children, and... It wasn't even a Hebrew nation, really, until, um, until he started having children. So, yeah, that, I mean, so in a sense, yes is the answer, but it starts, you know, when he starts having children, him being the chosen nation. So how does this book relate to us today? Let me just throw that out there. Big bomb in the room. How does it relate to us today? Oh, you expect me to talk the whole time. Huh? Someone online. Someone online. (laughs) They're throwing you guys under the bus. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, but but you're a teacher. You know the kids don't listen in class. (laughs) It's our foundation. Yeah, it's our total foundation, and. yeah, that's right. That's right. And there's so many different things that we can learn through the book of Genesis. That's why we went through it verse by verse, book by book. But that's not the goal of, of this study, because I would never get out of here uh, tonight. Can you believe I covered 50 chapters in 40 minutes? I mean, that's just that's a miracle in itself right there. So. So any questions uh, about Genesis or about, uh, I know some of you guys were working on your books. Any questions about uh, anything in the books that you saw? Well, I thought we'd have a little more discussion tonight, so I cut my notes short. (laughs) I haven't looked at the books, to be quite honest. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Abram, he must have done pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. No, so what happens there is Abram's being a nice guy. He's going, he's letting Lot pick first. You know, it's kind of, kind of for the good of the family. I'll just let you go. I'll let you pick, you know, kind of in that sense. And Lot looked around and said, well, hey, that, that over there looks like the best land. I'll take that. And Abram probably, probably regretted it at the very beginning. And Abram uh, finally said, yeah, sure, that's fine. But then eventually Lot goes from the good land, and I'm sure they traded with Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, you know, and all that, as they were, you know, worked the land and all those good things that he got out of the land, traded with those good cities, and then he was enticed. It's like Vegas. People can be enticed by Vegas and the style of Vegas and the doing things of Vegas, you know, the world's ways. And he was enticed to, all the way to the point where he was actually in the upper echelons of the city management. He was like, you know, I don't want to say mayor, but he was, you know, on the board, on the council. And he was one that they, they answer uh, that he, you know, helped direct the city and so forth. That's how much he rose um, there uh, during that time. So the whole point there is he was enticed by the world's ways. And we see that Abram went the opposite way. It was like God was showing the difference between the world's ways and God's ways. Am I always going to choose the easy route, the better land, the better, or am I going to choose to follow the Lord? And if you choose the easy route all the time, it's easy to go down that route where you're enticed away uh, from God. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Correct. Uh, correct. So, yes. So, when God created everything, and uh, during creation, the angel, angels were already there and stuff. Um, Satan was actually the, um, the head angel that was in charge of worship of God. And he enjoyed it so much, he was enticed to say, I want this worship. And that, hence the fallen part of he, he separated from God because he wanted to take over God's position. But when you see in creation, uh, it finally gets down to creating of man. And he says, let us make man in our own image. And so that is where we, we see uh, what we call the triune of God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's saying, let us make them, you know, humans in our image. So we already see that there's a whole background that we don't even understand. And, uh, and that goes right into... We don't understand the principalities. I'm, I'm totally slaughtering the word. Whatever that word is. Uh, that, that's go, you know, we don't understand the otherworldly things that are going on right now. The evil and the, 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 the battle against good and evil that's going on in the heavens that we have no clue about. Uh, we don't really know how it's happening, what is happening. All we know is that it is happening. There's a war for our souls going on. And that's where in Armageddon and Armageddon, in the end, that's the ultimate battle between Satan and God against the world's ways versus God's ways. And uh, that it'll be settled once and for all in the final, in the final battle.
So what's your question? It's always, it is one of the vague questions. So, um, so what, ima- what is the image of God? Well, look at the, the fruit of the Spirit. That's the image of God. So it's not necessarily, is it this? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I'm not sure, you know, our, our features. But, yeah, we, we don't know. We, we know. we believe that God is without form. So then, then we have to go to what are the characteristics of God? What does that produce? And that is goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, it's, those really are the images of God. But, but at the same time, do we believe it might have certain features? Yeah. I mean, to sit on a throne, you've got to have some type of features. We just don't quite understand it. It's like, um, it's like saying, what is heaven like? Well, this... Yeah, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. It's to help man understand, and it puts us in man's words that right. will help him. But that may not be the way that it is, which I don't think it is. Right, like we say streets of gold. Is it really streets of gold, or did it just look, that was the only way that he could describe what he was seeing? Right. And again, we won't know until we get there. You know, so it kind of like some of those questions, they're very open ended that, uh, you know, d- don't if you don't understand a question or whatever, just just keep going. The whole point as you read and again, try to read the chapters uh, of the book every week. If you, I'm not saying you need to. We're not testing you and all that, um, but try to read it as we get to the smaller books. It'll be a lot easier. But um, the whole point is, what's the overall picture of it? Uh, get your good study Bible, too. That'll help out on some of those. Some of that material will kind of give you, if you look over some of that, because it has intros of books and all that that's sitting over on the table, those packets. It has intros of books, and it kind of explains the overview of some of that. So if you read it, you know, kind of peruse that a little bit ahead of time, then you kind of get an idea as you're reading God's point of this book. So hopefully that's helpful. Any other questions? Wow, we're actually done a few minutes early tonight. That's good. And I thought I was doing good last week of actually ending right at 8. So, yeah. Okay, well, let's... Per- Every week, a five-minute thing, and boom, we're gone. Take you longer to get here. <laughs> I'm not liking him. No, <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end with prayer. And if you have any other questions or whatever, just uh, uh, get us to it. We'll have to figure out whether um, online, uh, maybe we'll have Lisa or somebody else be looking at it at the same time. And that way, if you guys have any questions, you can, I, I think there's a raise hand feature on that thing and you guys can ask your question or whatever. But we'll maybe start that next week. Put it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> All those. So we'll figure that out. So um, let me know if this is working for you guys or not, um, as I see on Sundays and all that. Uh, we try to do it with a better camera and it did not work out. So we just try to keep it simple. So uh, I think that is about it. Uh, I know Friday night um, doing the uh, 
Thank you. Bible journaling. This is why I, this is why I have lots of notes because my mind just goes blank. Um, uh, Bible journaling is Friday night starting at 6.30 or 7. Uh-huh. She'll be up there early. So if you're interested in any of that, um, go out there. If you hate Bible journaling but just want to hang out with the, uh, well, let me rephrase this. Ladies, if you hate Bible journaling and you want to hang out with the ladies, go for it. Man, I wouldn't necessarily recommend hanging out with the ladies all the time, but you know what I mean. So I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble here, aren't I? You know what? Um, that's a great question. Talk to my wife right after this and she'll show you. Okay. Uh, she'll show you what she's been doing and stuff. Um, kind of, it, it marries, it marries studying the word with being arts, uh, artsy type of person and, uh, and kind of, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, for those that like doing that kind of thing. So, and then, um, she's going to be doing, I guess next Tuesday is going to be the, uh, care pregnancy center. And I think they're going to paint some boards and stuff with, uh, the ladies. So that'll be kind of fun too. So why don't we pray and we'll be uh, finished and you guys are welcome to hang out and eat and all that kind of stuff. So Lord, again, we're thankful that your word is here. I pray that you help us be like Abram and his family, that we go the way of righteousness, that we choose to follow you and we choose to uh, do things your way. When we mess up, we ask for forgiveness and we get back on the right path. I pray, Lord, that throughout this study that we see your redemptive plan, that we understand how you're trying to connect with us, and that we connect with you in, in a new and wonderful way as we go through this. I pray for our week that, uh, that we can represent you in everything that we do in this world. In your loving name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Did you have a question? No. Nope. Where's the Bible journaling at? Oh, in the cafe at church. Yep. Yep. And the, and the thing for the Care Pregnancy Center is going to be in the cafe also. Okay. And the cafe for you guys is just the room right across from the church, uh, the main sanctuary, directly across. So. Awesome. Great. Thanks for being here, guys. And nice seeing you, Kenny. We're praying for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have told everybody you were here. So um, here, I'll turn it around. So. Hello, Brandon. I mean, Grayson. Hello. Hey, oh. everybody. Hello. We miss you guys. <laughs> we miss you guys, too. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, you have. Be careful of the cords, okay? I don't remember seeing her. You would if you saw her in person. <laughs> 